0: Coming in at five foot three inches, it's number one mom. She switched to Xfinity and got the all new three for one bundle: unlimited internet, streaming, and Xfinity Mobile, all for what you could pay wireless companies for just one 5G unlimited line. Boom shakalaka! Go to xfinity.com/slash three for one. Call one eight hundred Xfinity or visit an Xfinity store today. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires postpaid Xfinity Internet. After twenty four months, regular rates apply to all services and devices.
1: Good morning, listeners. This is Jim the Keys, bartender, coming to you on this chilly morning here. We got the windows open. Chilly morning here in the Keys. Chilly for us. Probably absolutely paradise for you up north. And I apologize for that uh, relation, relating that story to you. But it is it's a beautiful morning. It's, it's nice and clear. I'm drinking my coffee. Uh, what could be better. We are in the midst of our busy season, but spring break is coming up. And whenever I think of spring break, I think of some of my spring break stories. Uh, When I was in one of the trips I had when I was in college, uh, it was my sophomore year. At Drexel University, I was in a fraternity, and one of my brothers brought to my attention he says, "Listen, you have family in Tampa. I think it was Tom Brown. you have family in Tampa. How about if we go head south and visit your your uh, your family and then we can you know you know we own deal our spring break on the dime and you know everyone I think we had a couple hundred bucks each uh, to spare. So that was enough for gas. Uh, my buddy Tom Brown had a uh, Volkswagen, like an old Volkswagen bus, 1970. But it's 1984 at the time. And we, uh, there was maybe six of us that headed south. And uh, we had a wonderful time and there's nothing like when you're heading out of the cold weather and then heading south you know out of the icy snowy clutches of northern United States to the warm embrace of Dixie which is the south and I think we really started noticing when we hit South Carolina it's pretty sweet but some of the best stories, when it, I think it's spring break, it just brings me ideas of vacations and parties and good times. And one of the best times I've had was it was... I think it was 87 or 88. And at this point, I'm out of school. I'm working in catering as a catering manager. And a group of people that I work with decide to get a house down the shore, Jersey Shore, Seattle City, and one of the guys says, yeah, it's only for some ridiculous little amount of money. I think it was 200 bucks a piece, and we rented it, or maybe more, and there was five of us, and we rented it for the month of July which is situated, Sea Isle City is situated a little north of the family vacation place at the time, which was Wildwood and south of Ocean City, New Jersey. And there was a couple other smaller towns too, Avalon, Stone Harbor. But Sea Isle was the 20-something spot to hang out. Wildwood was more of like, you know, Older high school kids, younger college kids. But once you get to C Isle, it's almost all college kids. And it was big happening bar scene. We had this really... For us, it was a nice house. It was five bedrooms. I ended up getting a nice-sized bedroom myself. And we, we had a ball that month. We really did. And some of the things we did was... Uh, It was hilarious. If I recall, I can't really do it. I'm going to relate a story and I'm going to segue that story into a restaurant story. But but I have to tell some of these other stories to give you kind of context on what kind of house we were living in. So it's four guys and me, which makes it five. And we're just hanging out, having a good time, going to the beach in the morning. Uh, I would put together, I was drinking obviously at the time, I, I didn't get sober until later in life, but I would prepare a, one of those drink coolers, a half gallon of tangerine tonic, take it down to the beach, hang out at the beach till like 2 o'clock and then we'd come back and go to happy hour at this bar and then hang out at the house and do all sorts of things. One of the times, we there was always water fights for some reason. I'm saying we're in the 20s and we uh, our 20s and we're doing water fights. And one time, I'm coming back from the beach, and a lot of places wherever you go, to a short time where there's a beach, they have outdoor showers so you can shower off the sand. Behind the house we had, they had uh, a stone backyard with these small, you know. Uh, landscaping stone and a enclosed shower for you to shower off the sand and all that. And one time I was in there and I'm coming out. Then all of a sudden I see they start hitting me with water balloons. I just came out of the shower and I think I grabbed the hose and started spraying up at them and I noticed I said why the hell do these guys get all these water balloons from why would a bunch of 20-year-olds and a couple of the girls that were with them have, you know, why would they go out of their way to buy water balloons and stuff? That's a lot of planning. And as I look closely, I noticed they were condoms. I'm looking at it and go, holy shit, guys, that's expensive balloons. And I noticed it was, after after I found out, it was the box of condoms I had, you know, about $12 worth of condoms were thrown out the uh window at me we also had uh, let me see one of the guys we were with was a bigger guy a larger guy and we'd sit out front smoke cigarettes he'd smoke his cigar I swear to God every night we'd be sitting there he had this spindly patio furniture this guy's sitting there all of a sudden one side breaks the weld on the chair. After two, three weeks, I think we only had, there were like eight chairs. We ended up having two chairs left. So the last week we came back, I uh, the last week I had gone back to Philadelphia, which um, intermittently had to go and work, go into town and work, because it wasn't that I took the whole month of July off, but we had a, weekends. I worked weekends and I came back on the weekdays. And I think there was maybe one or two weekend I stayed. So I come back the last week and all of a sudden there's all these patio furniture. I said, I'm not kicking in for that because I didn't break it. They said, don't worry, it didn't cost anything. And I found out a little later that they went on a midnight ride. The guy that broke the chair and one of the other guys. And they did a five-finger discount by just lifting the furniture off other people's patios. Which I thought was a little risky. I, I necessarily wouldn't do that in town but some of the things we also did was um, they went on a midnight blues fishing trip now i wasn't much into that i would go out and hang out in the bars and stuff like that but i wasn't going to go fishing at night and so i hung out till like three o'clock and they were fishing until like five in the morning and when i woke up the next day around nine i see these guys sitting in their underwear on our back stone backyard in chairs and they're filleting the fish. And I'm just wondering, I said, why the hell are they doing that? And all of a sudden they're taking the guts and they're throwing them on the stones. They say, Should you be doing that? And they said, Don't worry, the seagulls will eat them eat it. Well the seagulls didn't eat it. And for about a week we we're pouring bleach or whatever to get the stink out of that. Because you know, seagulls, believe it or not, seagulls have a, uh, a bottom tier of food they would eat, and rotting guts of fish is not one of the things. Also, we put, I think we got a hold of some crime scene tape, and we taped a chalk, uh, a body outline on the sidewalk out front, which the police had us, prop- the CIO police promptly had us remove after two days. One of the guys, the guys that broke the chairs, was a counselor at an assisted living facility for special needs adults. And when I say special needs, they were uh, emotionally and mentally different-abled, I guess. I don't want to say disabled, but they, they had psychological and developmental issues. And at one point he said, "Listen, one of these days we're going to have a day trip, and they're going to uh, we're going to have a busload of these people come down for a day or two. We went what? And he goes, "Remember how much we had to put in for the apartment, for the house?" And I said, "Yeah, two hundred piece." Well, it cost two thousand, and we put up one, we put up one thousand. I said, "Okay, how how did you do that?" He goes, "Well." I had the group home that is bringing these people down, pitching the other for their people. And then the, we were like, okay, you know, we kind of knew that before that they were pitching and we didn't realize it was a, up to 50%. So we we all pitched in and we helped out and there was a group of people that came down. We had a great time. So we are very... Uh, you know, if you think of 20-something-year-old guys dealing with the, the psychologically and, and mentally uh, challenge, that it would be funny. But actually, that was the least funny part of it. It's the least funny. It really wasn't. So we had a... It, w- it was a, a, a great time there. I met later on in the month. I, I uh, My best friend at the time brought a friend of his, a, a female, down who was just a work friend. And we ended up uh having a relationship and ended up getting engaged uh, but not married. You know, you know I was engaged four times. So I'm gonna to, to illustrate that, you get a feel for the what the vacation home was. Well four days into it, I'm gonna, previous to this vacation, previous vacation, one of the relationships I had I met a girl at a anniversary party and it was her grandparents' 40th anniversary and I was managing at the catering facility and this woman I get 40th or 50th anniversary, something like that this woman was a year or two younger than me we ended up going on several dates and during the dates I should have, the first date I should have known that things weren't going to go well. She was the one that I took to a restaurant on the Delaware River. It was called the King George Inn. I'm not going to use a real name. I'll just say, it was a name of someone I never dated. Jennifer. Let's call her Jennifer. So I take Jennifer to the King George Inn, one of the oldest continually run restaurants in the United States. And... She was, you know, I sound like a know-it-all. I realize that. But she was, I think, of the same ilk as me. So we sat down at dinner and she said she liked Zinfandel or something like that. And I said, hey, let's get a carafe of uh, Zinfandel in front of the server, the gentleman that came in. And he goes, "Uh, okay, carafe. And she goes... You should say Carafe. And I said to her, what? She goes, you should say Carafe. So I looked at the waiter, and I go, to the waiter, I said, oh, are you from this area? He goes, are you from, we were in, the, the restaurant was in Bristol, Pennsylvania, about 15, 20 miles north of Philadelphia, and I said, uh, have you been to the Philadelphia Zoo? And he goes, yes. Have you seen, I go, have you seen the giraffe?" Well, at that point, it took me about 15 minutes to recover from that because that girl was kind of pissed off. And this girl, Jennifer, we ended up going on a couple subsequent dates. And they didn't get any better. It was normally in, when, at that age, when I dated someone two, three times, we were getting pretty physical if we hadn't been physical already. This wasn't progressing. The more we dated, the further apart I was getting from this girl. And the further I wanted to be apart. I don't even know why. I think I was dating for the sake of dating. I was in the middle of a... Maybe I just had broken up a relationship. I was kind of alone. And I wanted to try this out. And there was some evidence that maybe this relationship could work out. So we're we're going out like two, three times. The physical thing isn't really progressing. So I know things happen. Anything's happening. So I said to her, "Hey, listen, I'm not. You're not going to see me in the next couple uh, weeks because I'm going. To, my friends and I have gotten a house down the shore, and it wasn't progress. You know, relationship wasn't progressive, so I didn't. Do, but I said, if you want to come down, come and visit. Now, it was one of the first times I ever got, had a place that I can really." Uh, Invite someone to. I think we were living. I I wasn't living at home either at the time. I don't think I was. It was right after college, so I wasn't living at home. I hadn't invited her to the house, so, I mean, why would you think I'm inviting you to a vacation home if we haven't slept over yet? So (laughs) Jennifer, I don't hear from Jennifer two weeks. I'm down the shore at the house in Sea Isle. It's July Fourth weekend, so we're only—it's—we just got it for July, so we're only a couple days into it. But we're—we're we're guys in their twenties doing stupid things, right? And for some reason, there's an—we're sitting on the roof drinking. We're sitting on the roof drinking. There was a patio, like a flat sun deck. I wasn't on the side of a. Inclined roof drinking but I was on the patio patio deck that was kind of like a sun porch and we're hanging out it's a beautiful day we're looking at the sun we didn't either we had made it to the beach and we're on the way back or we didn't go to the beach yet or things like that but we're just hanging out and then I get a call from one of the guys saying hey Jim there's a there's some people to see you some girls to see you and I go and take the shortcut by walking over the peak of the roof, the look over, it sounds like a story. And then I fall off the roof. No, I did not fall off the roof. And falling off the roof did not happen at that time. Or ever. I've never fallen off a roof. I guess I'm going to clarify that right now. So I go over the roof and I look over. And as I, go, I crest the roof, I see a pretty blonde. And then I see Jennifer. And Jennifer's a brunette. And pretty, pretty brunette. We just, we're just not hitting on the cylinders. I go, oh, okay. So I go, come on in. I tell them to come in the house. I'll be down. So he came down, and it was Jennifer and her cousin. And I make them some drinks. We're hanging out for a couple hours, uh, laughing and having a good time. So I'm... We make plans to go out for, uh, for drinks, with it. You know, I, we were having a good time. The girls, the cousins are laughing. I'm really clicking with the cousin, so I don't know what's going on there. She's laughing her head off. Maybe they smoked a little weed or something like that. I don't know. So we make plans. They're staying at a hotel. I didn't really invite her to stay over because there's all these guys, and we don't have a physical relationship yet. So I go over to their hotel room before we go out, and then all of a sudden. Jennifer's getting all pissy and her friend and her friend, her cousin is being a little warm. Nothing ever happens with the cousin. Nothing happens between me and the cousin. I'm not saying I didn't want anything to happen between me and cousin, but I wasn't that sharp a guy to be able to make a transition like that. So we're talking, we end up going for drinks. It's not very tense situation. I don't realize at the time because I'm drinking, but she's tense. So we go out. We go back to the, um, the house after we had a couple drinks out, and they have drinks there with my friends. I'm introducing friends. Friends are having a good time talking to uh, Jennifer and her cousin. And I decide to go up my room after a while. I'm just like done. I'm tired, and I said, "Figure I'm going to take it easy till like nine o'clock tonight." It was uh, it was I don't know what time it was, but I was going to take a nap. I know, twenties, so I'm gonna take a nap. But you know, it's gonna be late night. And you're down the shore, you could do whatever you want. Had the wind. So I go up, they're talking, and she comes storming up. She says, How can you leave me down there? I said, My friends, they're very nice guys. They're not they're they're not aggressive, uh, you know aggressive as a the girl. They were very entertaining. And she goes, Well, I just want you to know and when I'm laying in bed and she c- comes in, I'm not going to have sex with you. And I said, well, I'm per-. at this point, she doesn't really understand. I'm like, I'm perfectly fine without that. And I say, okay. And she doesn't like that one bit when I said that. That's, you know, when I said, okay, I was supposed to say, hey, why would you say something like that? I guess I should have said that. But... It was one of the times in my life I actually did the right thing because I didn't give her any. I guess I never gave, tilted my hand suggesting that this relationship was going any place further. So she gets all pissed off. She runs out the door, grabs her cousin and leaves. Okay. The next day, we had come back from the beach. It's three o'clock. I figured she had left town. Nope, she comes up. Jennifer comes up with her car, and she's yelling at me. She goes, "You invited me here, blah 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 blah, and you didn't, and you know, you didn't invite my cousin." I said, "Well, you brought your cousin." She goes, "Yeah, but you were talking to her, and about, uh, yeah, I was talking to her because you're cousin." And I go, "Okay, okay," I say. Obviously, this isn't working out. And she goes, oh, "That's right. I'm leaving." So she's in her car. We're in front of the house. She takes off. I'm not in her car. I'm just standing there. The bridge is two blocks away that takes you off the island, which is Seattle City. It's a barrier island and takes you to mainland. And I figure she drove off and not I'm not like in the house. The car comes back and she calls me back down and I go, okay, And it's a couple more minutes. And she yells and leaves. Does the same thing, drives off, comes around, stops in front of the house. Now, she does this for another five minutes, starts yelling at me. And I say, I excuse myself. I say, I'll be right back. I got to do something. It sounds like I have to go to the bathroom. But what I do is I go in and make myself a drink and I carry out a bar stool. I take the bar stool, put it on the edge of the road in between two cars and she has her window down, and I'm sitting there talking, I have a drink. She goes, you're really going to do this? And I go, well, it seems like you're you're going to keep on doing this, so I better make myself comfortable. It drives her to a new level, which I'm not really... At this point, I, I, I think I'm not getting any of the social clues and something like that. I have Someone getting angry, and she's just getting angrier and angrier. And... She does that leaving thing twice, but I leave I sit on the stool just thinking she might be back, and she did come back twice, and the third time she did not come back. Third time she did not come back. But I think under the impression she was pretty sure that I didn't want her to leave. She was absolutely sure that I didn't want her to leave. Now how I relate this to a restaurant story? there are people sometimes there's regulars and the regulars are in a relationship with the people that work at the establishment and sometimes the relationship goes sour people feel taken for granted the regular feels taken for granted the employee feels taken for granted Sometimes people behave badly. Sometimes the regular behaves badly. They're very demanding. They're rude. They're yelling sometimes. Sometimes the worker is rude and non-responsive and sloppy. But sometimes the regular is under the impression that their presence is integral to the operation and health of the business so that they're let's say they're drinking of dark rum and ginger ale happy hour dark rum and ginger ale for three dollars a drink is integral or essential to the bottom line and that If they leave, your business will dwindle and die off. Because you cannot do without them because they're so important. They're so important that if they leave and they tell other people, the other people will leave. Now, if you're there by yourself and always arrive by yourself... You arrive by yourself and you leave by yourself. You do not have that big a following. Now, if you go in a group on many places, if you have like 10, 12, 15, yeah, maybe it could be integral if you are the center of attention. But if you're not the center of attention, you could just be one of those people that they can do without. Same thing as an employee. I understand that. Employees, sometimes they think they're integral to the operation of uh, the establishment and people are sadly underestimating their importance in people's lives and business, li- you know, businesses' livelihoods. That if you're one one hundredth, if you're a thousandth, let's say you're one thousandth of the operating revenue, the the revenue of the place, one thousandth. That is the impact that you're leaving behind. That's pretty much it. Now, as an employee, I'm talking about being replaceable. The employee could be replaceable, meaning, yeah, you may be a good worker, but that doesn't mean that there's not someone that could be doing the same job, maybe 75% as well, if not 100%, because there's no, no storm. And I realize I could, in some cases, I could be the person thinking that. But I always... Try to tell myself and say, hey, listen, I am not integral to the operation of my restaurant. If I'm willing to face that fact that they can do without me in relation, what does that mean to that regular? If I can believe that about myself, what do I believe about that? We could not survive without you. So in a relationship there's always like the Rubicon, the crossing of that line. The Rubicon was a river outside of Rome and if Caesar brought his troops over the Rubicon, it would be a sign that he is not adhering to the rules of Rome. So when a regular crosses the line by being rude demanding, and this. And sometimes, unfortunately, feelings get away from us and we say things. And they could be in an unintentional or intentional. And you may get, and then the, some of the things that make us believe how important we are is that when we get the ears of people that are in power let's say managers and owners and they listen to you and they talk to you and they say no we don't want that to happen we don't because they don't want to say in the heat of things we frankly we we would be fine if you did not come by it's a shame because some of those people i understand that when A regular feels, they feel an attachment to the place. They want to feel as if they're important to it. But it kind of sucks. Whether you're in a relationship with someone. Let's say a relationship and and you tell someone, let's say you're in a romantic relationship, and you say, listen, if you don't like, I'm going to leave. And the other person goes, yes, fine, then leave. And there's no emotional reaction it's disappointing to that person. It ruins that that fallacy we have how integral we are to that and you know in the long run you really shouldn't be integral to the operation of a a restaurant either as a, a regular or an employee you should be integral in the operation of your own life make sure that's operating 100% I told that, that whole story just to attribute it to that, and I'm sorry for that. But I figure I'd give you a little insight to what the way I think. And the way that I believe other people think. Now, I can't attest to how prevalent that is. You don't want to go off pissing your regulars off all the time. But sometimes there are people that come in, and I will tell you about one I'm Certainly, there was a, a gentleman that comes in, he comes in when it's busy, he orders food when it's super busy, and if he has to wait longer than normal, he gets fed up and say, cancel the food. And I said, canceling food? It's like, after you put the gas in your car, you say, I don't want the gas. What are you going to do with it? Or you're putting it, you're putting it in, actually more like you're putting gas into a uh let's say, a gas can. And you say, well, this is taking too long. I'm not, I don't want this gas anymore. Well, what are we supposed to do? Put the gas back into the underground tanks? Which you could probably do, but you really don't want to do once you put it into an unknown container. I, I just feel that sometimes that... Some people think that their concerns are bigger than the big picture or bigger than the big picture, which is a smoothly run operation. And they, sometimes people are just going to try to say, well, listen, I'm integral to the smoothly run operation. And, and if I don't get my drink now, if you don't acknowledge me, I'm going to take my business elsewhere well good luck good luck with that with that attitude and the same thing goes for an employee that thinks we're integral In, Integral. you gotta get a bigger life you gotta get a bigger life if the one place that you have an issue with you get, is gonna fail without you I don't think that's ever happened hmm Nowadays, with a cook, I did work at a restaurant where when the, the chef got, the, the he was a very talented chef and he got sick and then they had to get or find a replacement. They could never find a re, right replacement and the reputation dwindled. You know? Usually it takes a couple, couple people to start going. But... I'm not here to say to people that, you know, you can't be an asshole sometimes. You will be, as will some some of the people that work at, at a place. They will be. But they move on beyond that and let it go. And if you're expecting, a lot of times people expect either from the employee side or from the regular side, they expect it. A very demonstrative display of contrition, an apology. And that doesn't come. That does not come. There's not a day. And once, if you did get that, it would just be a, and I haven't the way for them to gloss over, mollify the um, effects of it. But you're just pretty much putting it on life support. The relationship's over. You don't have to drive to the bridge 6 times and come back. When something's over, it's over. And and some people don't get that. Either they got to change the understanding of what the relationship is or they have to end the relationship. I think I beat the horse, the veritable horse dead, the dead horse beating the dead horse. That's a horrible sign. He's like, I guess when a horse is it comes back to when people riding horses and stuff like that. And you're t- telling them to giddy up and the horse is dead already. And saying, why were you telling it to giddy up? Just like a relationship, right? So, uh, I'd like to thank you for listening. Everyone for listening. I'm uh, Yeah, it's Thursday. I'm on my second episode. I know I'm probably be able to get another third episode. And I'll do maybe a fourth one on Sunday. I'll try to do something different. Different. Who knows? But thank you for listening. This is Jim the Keys bartending. I'll be back with you. Uh, I'll be back with you tomorrow.
0: This man has just entered the gas price madness zone, pushed over the edge by skyrocketing gas prices. The remedy upside the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Hey, wait a minute. Did you just say there's a free app I can get that'll actually pay me cash back on every gallon of gas I buy? Yes. Escape the gas price madness zone with the Upside app and earn real cash back on every gallon of gas you buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough of the theatrics. Just tell me more about this Upside app. Okay, it's super easy. Just download the free app and use it whenever you buy gas. Upside users can earn hundreds of dollars in cash back. Wow, thanks, announcer guy. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas use promo code minute for an extra 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill up you can cash out anytime just download the free upside app and use promo code minute for a 25 cents per gallon or more bonus on your first tank